You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang! Happy 2018! Are you as shocked as we are that we're all still here? Are, are we shocked? I, a little, hmm. a little, just a little bit. Ryan and I are sitting on my couch drinking scotch. Mm-hmm. Our continued holidays. I haven't seen Chloe since, actually, I think possibly our last podcast recording. That sounds accurate, unless we intersected in the living room of one household known as the Fukumoto Thornton household. Mm, I don't know if we even crossed paths upstairs at our mutual friends. I don't think we did. But, uh, so this is our holiday, Scott, <laughs> and, um, this is our holiday podcast on yes. January 11th. January 11th. Uh, no, today's the 10th. Well, tomorrow's the 11th. Tomorrow's It'll be 11th by the time anyone can hear yes, this. true. Um, I have a little <laughs> bit of a cold, so I'm so sorry if you um, hear me snuffling. I'm sure it just makes your voice deep and, and husky and sensual. Yes. So, the big topic, <laughs> yes, deep and husky and sensual, kind of like Harvey Feinstein, not to be confused with Harvey Weinstein. Um, well, the big topic is, was that actually the Black Hood? Right? Um, Everyone says no, and I concur. Yeah. Um, creatively, I am left disappointed, but um, as a fan, you know what, I'm just hitching onto the ride, because actually... As big and interesting as certain things went last, the first half of the season, um, if the rumors are true and we are getting back to a more episodic, more chill Riverdale that doesn't escalate the stakes past redeemability and instead focuses in on these um, teenage day-to-day lives and happy Riverdale or whatever Riverdale is, I'm here for that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Black Hood is sort of a funny, like, it's almost like a weird replacement for the the high stakes of the Jason Blossom murder. Yeah, and the Jason Blossom murder, as high stakes as it was, wasn't after the fact whodunit. Um, there is always a risk that it would spiral off into more violence. I think mm-hmm. that was an important component. But really, it wasn't um, this looming existential threat all the time. Mm-hmm. Very different mm-hmm. beast. Mm-hmm. Uh from the stills that I'm seeing of next week's episode, uh, it looks like we're getting more lodge tension and more of our plot stakes might be coming oh, from cool. the uh, Hiram Lodge mm. and uh, future pawn-in-law Archie Andrews. <laughs> my God, and that dynamic. Married? That would be ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they won't get married. <laughs> Whoa, slow down. We're like um, 12 seasons from that question. Yes. Um... You know, I haven't looked up anything about the show over the mm. holidays, and that's partly on purpose. I really can't stand having things spoiled for me. Gotcha. And I also, it's not even so much... This will be a dangerous podcast for you, Chloe. Yeah. It's not even so much that, as I really like coming to things really fresh. I did this once with a huge classic of theater called The Seagull by Chekhov, which is a little <laughs> like saying... Like, if you're a television aficionado, it'd be like, by the way, I watched this great television show called The Young and the Restless. <laughs> no one's ever heard of it. You know, that kind of thing. I was so um, surprised. Uh, yes, exactly. So I saw The Seagull by Chekhov, mm. never having read it, never knowing anything about it, mm-hmm. even though I, like, am a snotty human being and I read a lot of classics, and I didn't know anything about it, and I was so deeply moved by it. And I mm. recognize that Riverdale is not The Seagull by Chekhov, but I kind of still want the same thing. I want it all to be kind of fresh and unspoiled and mm. organic. <laughs> well, would you like to b- block your ears while I drop a couple of 
teasers. No, it's fine. I'll just be tiny fine. little details that got me all excited. Yes, please. Um, uh, we should also talk about Sabrina. Yes, we should. When we have a moment. This, that, which may become like the sub-subject of this podcast, yes. depending on what <laughs> we think of the development. Um, uh, there's another hot gang boy up, oh. up and out there for Kevin Keller. Um, really? I believe the character of Fangs Fogarty, who has been soft background character in the first half of the season. Which one and, is, is that character? You know what? I honestly couldn't describe him. He's one of the dark-haired, slick, greasy-looking gang kids in The Serpents. Okay. Uh, not Sweet Pea. Um, right. Fangs was the, the little Archie in Pal's comic book bully. Oh. And that's an interesting choice. And not dissimilar from the Joaquin model, if hmm. you will. Um, so, at least we're getting some subplot. I don't know where it's gonna go, uh, but yay plot for Kevin. Yay romantic plot for Kevin. I'm excited about that. I did not know, and I'm pleased that you spoiled that for me, because now I'm excited. Perhaps slightly repetitive. I mean, there's only so many wrong side of the tracks in the Sheriff's Son narratives to be told, but I don't feel like we even scratched the surface of that with Joaquin, really, now. Yeah. I wonder if that actor had to, like his contract was ending or something, or he wanted mm. out of his contract, because it just feels like a continuation of that plot line, really. Oh, honestly, he's not big enough to want out of his contract. Well, I know. Like, but... at the the blind item gossip, uh, mm. other other bit players in Riverdale are friends of friends and a friend's roommate and whatnot. Um, and, like, there are several small supporting characters who super want out of that show, but they're still showing up for the paycheck. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. Cool. Well, I'm excited for that. Um, Is there any hint of whether or not Cheryl Blossom is going to turn into a creepy lesbian? Nothing I've seen, and I'm likewise terrified. We don't approve of Cheryl Blossom, the creepy lesbian. No. There's a whole lot of soul-searching and redemption and de-villainizing that needs to happen before Cheryl gets to come out on that screen. Um, I I will say there are caveats. There are ways to make it okay. Mm -hmm. Like... Give me a beautiful Josie by coming out story. Give me that yeah. in advance. Yeah. And or them falling in, like, literally falling in love. Yeah. After coming clean about the creepy stalking and, yeah. like, PTSD-inducing creepies. Yeah. Except I kind of, like, sh- even though it was really brief, I totally shipped Chuck and Josie. I thought that was, like... That was really cute. I thought that was really interesting that, like, yeah. Josie was willing to, like, forgive Chuck his... Mm-hmm. Douchebaggery, douchebaggery, and I am interested in seeing the show trying to handle mm-hmm. um, the chucks of the world yeah. working on not being assholes because I think that's possible. Yeah, sexual and, assault is a top behavior. And you I here first. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, contact us. We have some additional reading for you. Yes, um, <laughs> or like, just Google it. Actual serious offer. That's a conversation. I am happy to. Give a little support, too. Okay, well, I um, have that conversation a lot in my life, so Ryan Fair. can take point in this one. Fair. <laughs> Being a, a male-presenting person who deals with a whole lot less of that particular conflict. Um, we got this. Hopefully Riverdale's got this. And yeah, fingers don't crossed. Don't mess it up. We'll see. We'll see. I think Chuck is a great character to begin that conversation with. Mm-hmm. In that mm-hmm. he did some reprehensible things... But I don't think anything he did in the first season, I might be blurry, was, like, requisite of deep restorative justice. 
Yeah, as far as I know, he's he, his name's in the book, and he he did something to Polly, or did Jason mm-hmm. do something? Oh no, Jason and Polly ended up together. Yeah, Polly's name was in the book. Yeah, I don't I, remember that plotline very clearly, except that Dark Betty went Dark Betty. I think the key was was a lot of gossip and rumor spreading and um, slanderous uh, sexualizing of women, um, but with which is awful and not okay. But I I think perhaps a different scale and type of of redemptive story yeah, it's not it's then. not nick what's it yeah nick st Clair can go die in a car crash yes as as the show itself has determined yeah practically die vanish off screen or he could just not have a career that would be fine too riverdale mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway and now that we've stopped channeling our real life frustrations on two mm. characters on television mm. um where are the couples all at broken Broken and shattered. Right. Bughead is is no longer such. No. It's Ughead. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Um, and then Veronica and Archie are, like, kind of rekindling, but Archie's all like, well, I kiss Betty. Yep. I didn't say anything. And someone took a picture of them in the bushes. I think the triangle thus, thus begins. Yeah. Um, and I will say, with um, a more interesting struggle than I ever anticipated from the inevitable triangle setup... Mm-hmm. But there's there's some actual deep things going on in advance, and there's some actual uh, a season and a half in some history and tension and and dynamics between Archie and Betty mm-hmm. that um, add a little a little credence to me to this conflict. Hmm. Um, Archie's kind of a derp, and we've established that well, and we've practiced forgiving him some of that derpiness. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know where Juggy's headed. He's coming back to Riverdale High. That's a thing. Southside is closing. Oh. Sorry, another spoiler. Oh, okay. That's, uh, oh, that's interesting. An, uh, a continuation of our bubbling class tensions, however it goes, is going to be putting everyone up together in the nice school. Wow. Yeah. Because that's not just going to import all the, the issues wholesale or anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they arrested too many of the teachers on drug charges. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Good Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I like that plot device a lot. Mm-hmm. That feels like a real-life plot device in addition to just being, like, mm-hmm. an interesting choice for these characters specifically. I want Tony and Cheryl and Josie to hang out, and I want Tony to be a, a beautiful role model <gasps> for healthy, outgoing uh, queer individuals yeah. living their best life. Also, like, just Cheryl and Tony interacting on a regular basis would, that would... please me a great deal. Yes. Whatever form it takes. Even if, like everyone else in Cheryl Blossom's life, they frenemied it up. Yeah. I think it would still be a positive influence. Can you imagine some of those Slytherin girls um, auditioning for the River Vixens? I'm interested <laughs> in that. Taking over the River Vixens. Taking over the River Vixens, hopefully. I'm here for it. I am too. Cool. This sounds like it's going to be a good season. Um, So we're going to yeah. find out more about the Black Hood, hopefully. Yeah, or at least, like, explain what was up with that whole plot. Because they left yeah. too many dangling participles in the script. I agree. And we'll get to find out if anything happens with the affair between... Uh, Sheriff Keller. Sheriff Keller and, and uh, Mayor McCoy. McCoy. And um, what else? Kevin gets plot. Kevin gets plot. Um, yeah. We're going to find out 
more about the lodges what else is I, gonna come i really think the lodges are gonna be the big uh the mm. big plot driver in this season right because we're maybe we will have that little that moment that we don't see mm-hmm. in the study yeah between veronica and her parents like revealed to us slowly like we'll get periodic flashbacks and then the final piece of the puzzle that would be like aesthetically pleasing and interesting if the show continues to be a little bit experimental with their storytelling Mm -hmm. i i hope so because my favorite moments last in the first half of the season were like the halloweeny episode in november the weird storytelling Mm -hmm. one that broke all models we loved it so like i'm curious to see what they do creatively within the episodic teen drama structure Mm -hmm. that might be a little more novel um and I guess I want to see the ramifications of this big dramatic season start to trickle into the real life of Riverdale. Because I feel like we've been in heightened surreal life for a while now. That's interesting. Yeah. I think and you're right. um, yeah, seeing that resolution of like, okay, now we're getting back to normal life, but oh no, there's consequences. Yeah. Um, you also got a cool comic thing over Christmas. I did. I got a comic about Dylan Doyle and Jughead, which I did not read all of. Mm-hmm. But it's like Dark Riverdale. It's like yeah. them meeting in the locker room and talking about intense things. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so saying I'm... you are thinking things about Doyle now, maybe. Oh, yeah. My cousin mm-hmm. has a theory. I'm going to introduce to you, mm-hmm. dear listeners of the Riverdale Gang podcast, mm-hmm. to the theories I have heard about the Black Hood. Awesome. One of them is my cousin thinks that Dilton Doily mm-hmm. is the black hood. Okay. Um, marginalized, nerdy individual who no one takes seriously, mm-hmm. and he's pulling the strings, and he's a bit of a mastermind. And as the comic has indicated, has, like, a bizarre, abusive, apocalypse survivalist family who, like, yeah. made him go on survival tests as a child. Yeah. I didn't get that far in the comic. Ryan made more mileage with the comic in a few moments than I did <laughs> with all of Christmas Break. Important um, Dilton Doily details. Um... That's one. Yes, Ryan, what's up? Uh, I want to throw in as well. um, uh, If any of you have seen the YouTube famous, like, trailer for Dark and Edgy Archie from five or six years ago, that was a Vancouver local production. um, No? You you haven't seen this? No. I was talking to you about this. Were you? I was trying to. Okay. This, like, um, Stephanie Dick was in it. Chris McGuire was in it. Um, How did I not know about this? A bunch of people we know and wor- have worked with did this YouTube trailer for like a dark and gritty reboot as a like a oh, gag project years ago. That's starting to sound familiar. One of the like narrative beat plot points of this trailer was that in the end it was Dilton Doily, the school shooter. Oh, that's funny. I, like at the time it was a hyperbolic reality that then Riverdale, five years later, is like, let's do it for real. And we yeah. all side eyed it. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, that just struck me as a, as an amusing narrative chord. Um, I highly recommend to you all, I wish I could, I'm going to look it up while we continue to talk so I can tell you all the title. Cause I think, I think anyone watching Riverdale is going to enjoy this ridiculous project predating, uh, dark gritty reboot trailer. We should post it in the group if we are permitted to do so. It's our group, Chloe. We're going to do it. yeah. (laughs) That's well, a great rights, idea. It's a YouTube video. Why would there be rights? Okay. So that's <laughs> one of the that's one of the um uh theories I've heard. My roommate, mm-hmm. um, Kay Pry, whose studio we used to film or film, uh, record in, mm-hmm. um, thinks that it's Betty. Mm. And that Betty is has like a dual personality of some bizarre type, and that's gonna be the big reveal. I think the big flaw in that is that um, Archie has heard the Black Hood talking to him. Mm-hmm. And there's this, you know, white 
middle-aged-ish man running around shooting people. Yeah, who shot Mr. Andrews yeah. and so was seen So unless there's visibly. like a really huge break in Betty's personality that yeah. we're going to have revealed to us in a in a realistic slightly realistic i know it's mm-hmm. riverdale but like even even riverdale watchers need like within the scope some of plausibility yeah um i like that idea i almost wish that was true i sort of suspect it isn't but i wish it were i really mm-hmm. like that idea a lot i think it's narratively very very creative um i would immediately be hesitant because i would anticipate if that was the direction a real pathologizing and um, you know, like United States of Terra level romanticizing of mental illness that would mm-hmm. allow that sort of dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the United States of Terra a great deal. I've never seen it. It's it's a, a very interesting television series um, that is a, a ostensibly about a woman with severe multiple personality disorder, hmm. which even in in the psychiatric world is a very hotly debated subject whether it is actually exists or is simply an expression of. Uh, other neurological disorders or uh, an iteration of of schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, some of these variations. Um, Anyway, the important thing is the media representation of multiple personality disorder is, like, never actually close to the reality of it. Yeah. Um, It's different than BPD, multiple personality disorder. Yes, yes. BPD Um, is borderline personality disorder for anyone who's listening and doesn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. and by all means, out of my expertise, out of my frame of personal reference, but um, in in cases I've personally encountered, it seems to be much more uh, about identity disassociation or a, multiple a dis- personality or BPD. Multiple personality okay. that it, it could often fit well within the criteria with other diagnost- other more common diagnostic criteria, and disassociative states in thereof. Um, even in line with some of the behaviors of people with severe uh, manic episodes mm-hmm. uh, that become disassociative. Um, so anyway, I'm distrustful of media representations of that particular experience. Mm-hmm. But narratively, yes, that is candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm very... I, yeah, that, that is that is candy. Absolutely. You look like you have found something, mm-hmm. Ryan Karen. So I encourage you all, uh, dear gang... To um, have a little YouTube journey to Riverdale, colon, Archie movie trailer by Point Blank Creative. Um, It is six years old, and uh, in many ways, it is very Mm -hmm. proto-Riverdale. To the point that, like, those who I'm acquainted with who are involved fielded many questions of, like, are you suing for intellectual property? Yeah. Uh, But because, of course, it was a fan parody in the first place, that's not a real option. Yeah. That's too bad. That would have been an, a fun lawsuit. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> For y- I think no one y'all will fun. enjoy that that particular uh, creative endeavor from some of Vancouver's uh, infamous. Cool. I'm gonna watch it. I'm super stoked on that. Yeah, uh, it, it is from a time predating Kevin Keller. So in that story, uh, Jughead is the has the closet closet experience. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a character that would be picked for that. Before asexuality as a discussion was there in the comics. Yeah. I love how far the comics have gone and what Riverdale gets to glean from their progressiveness. I'm not cool with this, but I do think that the show, Riverdale, is coding Mm -hmm. for Jughead's asexuality. I sure hope so. I think it's coding. I don't think Mm -hmm. it's going to actually go the distance and be representation. Yeah. But I'm sensing some coding. Optimism. Spring is eternal. And I do think that they can still do it well from where they are now. Mm-hmm. A great, a great deal, a great number of the the p- 
people who I'm personally acquainted with who identify as ace or mm-hmm. on, on the ace spectrum have totally had sexual experiences and relationships in the past, often before um, recognizing that label or that yeah. word as And if you're on the ace spectrum, them. it doesn't mean you never experience arousal. It mm-hmm. just means that you have a particular relationship with it, really. Yeah. Well, very individualized. Yeah. I'm with you, and I hope they can go there with Jughead. Should we do the same thing we did last time and have a quick check-in of our wants and hopes for each of our big five? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Starting with Juggy, I guess? Yeah. Uh, Jughead, I would like to see him... He's at the point right now where he's like, oh, yeah, him and FP. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the Penny situation. I just want de-escalation for Jughead's life. <laughs> I don't, only because I want that plot but for Jughead, whom I love, of course yeah. I love that. Like, if Jughead was my friend, I would yeah. want his entire life to de-escalate because, <laughs> good lord. Um, but given that Jughead is not real and he's not my friend, I want that <laughs> I want that FP and Jughead mm-hmm. um, tension around the Penny situation. I want them vying yeah. for each other's, um, to protect each other, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. The, the, okay, yes, um. I, I will accept that. I will also state my preference for I don't need this plot to go further right now. Hmm. I think I think some deep seeds are placed and I almost kinda wanna see a slowing down. Like hmm. I, I would kind of like to see Jughead live in this world without it exploding further every week. Interesting. Yeah. Fair enough. Um partially because I think if it explodes, it will it will necess- necessitate that everyone explodes with it. Everyone attached to Jughead. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I, I can use a break from that particular brand of drama I'm making. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. Like, I'm, I, right now I'm really interested in the interpersonal drama of these individuals, especially with the, with the robust supporting cast that we've learned a lot more about mm. in this last uh, mm. half season. Um, I want I want Kevin dealing with his dad dating and having an affair and maybe yeah. it being maybe something that Sheriff Keller sees as a positive. Uh, I want Kevin going on dates. Yeah. And I want so uh, to Kevin. Okay. Betty and well, talking about my supporting cast. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. My favorite and obvious supporting cast. But like, I also want to see Betty and Veronica like be friends and have adventures and like their little stakeout. Yeah, was, that was so, so much fun. fun. That was super fun. And I and I even you know Archie and Jughead just coexisting as as like emotionally healthy friends and supportive friends. These are all things I really like about Riverdale that I think will be very easily derailed by the very high stakes, high tension that we've had all season. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, so that's Jughead. Mm-hmm. Um, who's next? Archie. Archie. Sure. I want to see continue being a derp and failing. Yep. And I'd, I'd be shocked if we get anything but. Uh, that feels like one of the few givens of yeah. Riverdale is Archie's going to be a bit of a clueless derp. I like all the opportunities that KJ Appa gets to practice acting. Like, he's, he's 20, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to say that in a condescending way, but he yeah. is 20 and he is at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. And whenever he gets an opportunity to do something really cool yeah. in the show emotionally i am happy for him i agree i am i'm comfortably sold on on him and his career as like something i'm going to enjoy paying attention to over 
our our shared lifespans. Yes. Like I would enjoy seeing the progression of KJ Appa. Yeah. He, he seems like a nice young man who does a a good job most of the time. Yeah. Uh and I agree with you that when he gets something meaty to play with and to act on, mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty, I don't know what I want for Betty. Yeah. They've, um... I, I li- literally don't know. I have an idea of what we're getting for Betty okay. in that Chick Cooper is still in play. Chuck. Chuck. Chick? Chuck? Which is it? We already have a Chuck. You have a Chuck Clayton. I think... I, I could swear it's Chick. Thankfully, I have a magic box with all of the wisdom of I human ages the, in my pocket. You mean the older brother? The yeah. Older brother. Oh, yeah. I hope that. I hope all the Cooper siblings descend. At they once. become the Cooper sibling show. Chick. It is Chick. Chick. Okay. Yes, because the 50s were a fun time with names. Yes. Chick <laughs> Cooper. It does sound like a bit of a movie star name from the 50s. Rock Hudson. Um, Chick I, Cooper. Yeah, so Betty's obviously going to go sleuthing about the Black Hood. As she do. And. Deal with her family drams. Yeah, pretty much. Family drams. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much going to be the deal for Betty. I don't know. I would love a big surprise about Betty. Yeah. That's what I would love to see. Betty's another one who I would be very tickled if they surprised me with a big happy teenage conundrum for her. Like an appropriate, age-appropriate, non-life-or-death plotline i could really use that catharsis with some with betty right now that break interesting yeah yeah i guess that'd be okay she's been on a roller coaster this this fall like i i almost hope that her breakup with jug is going to be a bit of a breakup with some of the like deep societal problems so that (laughs) betty can breathe and process and learn to be you know a better less judgmental person to her marginalized friends like Jughead and Kevin and <laughs> and uh, I, w- I want Betty to have a breath to breathe and grow. Partially because I think stuff's popping off with Veronica. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see their friendship deepen as they both become more invested in Archie. Yeah. That would suck. No, but then it would become another thing about the man coming between the two girls. That's annoying. Maybe or maybe get, it won't. Maybe it won't, and maybe they'll get all empowered and be like, forget Archie, we have our friendship. That's a good direction to go. Yeah. When Archie continues to derp out, I'm here for it. Yeah. So Veronica, Veronica is becoming all-powerful. Yes. Via her parents. As, like, I want to say as she should be, but we've also proven that Veronica is still a teenage girl who has a lot to learn. Oh. I can't believe this didn't occur to me sooner. She has that meeting with her parents, Mm -hmm. and they're like, here's the honest-to-God thingy thing, and Mm -hmm. we don't know what it is. She turns around and is like, Archie, I love you. He's, he's like, literally a pawn. He's not just a pawn by accident. Mm -hmm. Even Veronica's playing him. Yes. And we've oh. we've seen Veronica play him, but I think this is the conscious, conscious choice of Veronica playing him. Interesting. I, I didn't even think of that. Oh, man. Yeah. Everything is going to crash and burn. Now, here's the question. Is she playing him because she needs her pawn? Or is she playing him because that's the only way to keep him safe in this game? I think the show probably would like the second. I personally yeah. would like the first. Yeah. I am also interested in the third dynamic of Maybe Veronica needs him with her new knowledge. Maybe, oh. maybe you know, option A, that he's her pawn for her purposes. 
also reaches towards her emotional needs and vulnerability. That, you know, she can go into this deep adult business gang world, but not alone. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That would not have occurred to me. Many, many questions. Who's our fifth? Kevin? Reggie's not, I guess. So many choices. Uh, That's a good question. Cheryl. Well, Cheryl. Cheryl has been a bigger part, I'd say, than Josie. I want Josie and Cheryl to both be on equal footing. So let's let's say a fifth and a sixth. Okay. Cheryl and Josie are fifth and sixth. Then seventh is Kevin. Okay, great. We've got seven. There are seven Digidestin. <laughs> there are seven in a lot of things. Seven Harry Potter books. Seven's <laughs> yes. a good number. <laughs> seven for the Dwarf Lords. Our crew. Stone. <laughs> um, right. Uh, Cheryl, I don't want to be a creepy lesbian mm-hmm. unless Josie is also a creepy lesbian. You know, if they're creepy lesbians together, does it make it better? I just if they're well no. Let's just get past the creepy altogether. Yeah, let's let's let for the people who are attracted to for me, Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> please take away the creepy lesbian stereotype. I don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, um I, I I don't want Cheryl to be a creepy lesbian. I like all the stuff with her mom. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the trauma of dealing with what happened between her and Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am always here for Cheryl. You rubbed off on me, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I'm rubbed off on me. Blech. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really here for Cheryl. I want Cheryl to not make it hard for me to continue to love her as much as I do. Yes. That's, that's my, my dream for Cheryl. Like, continue being a, a like snarky gray antagonist who has beautiful, empathetic moments. And then yeah. Snarks the Snark. Snarks the Snark. Like nobody else in the show. But yeah, like, deep gaslighting is a road too far. Yeah. And she needs to cut that noise out and learn how, learn her lessons from it. Um, Josie. I just want more Josie. I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. so long as it's not horrible stereotypes about black women. Please make it good. Please em- I just embrace want it. Josie. Mm hmm. Her and, her and her mother. Great, great moments this fall. Scenes between her and Mayor McCoy. Yeah. I loved Lo- that. Lovely. Yeah, we like that a lot. I could get deeper into Josie's family. I want to get more pussycats in general. Yeah. I would be interested in Kevin and Josie finding out about their parents oh. together and finding out what that does. I didn't know how much I wanted that until right now. Right? It's, here's, here's the perfect formula for making me happy, Riverdale. Okay. <laughs> Josie... Begins coping with burgeoning bisexuality. And who does she go to but the only super out kid in school? Kevin, of course, um, is an adorable cinnamon roll who doesn't have a damn clue how to do anything outside of the, like, white, straight-passing gay experience. And so they can, like, bluster into all the, the, like, loving, learning education together... And that will build the relationship they need to fortify and prepare for the earth-shaking, family-breaking discovery that they can then support each other through as not-quite-but-almost-step-sibling queer besties. I would besties. watch that movie, like, legit. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Do Riverdale, it, Riverdale! Don't screw this up. 
do it. Do it for us. Which brings us to Kevin, so we want that plot line. Mm-hmm. And in addition, we're excited for Kevin's um, romantic mm-hmm. prospects. I'm just, I also really like Kevin, and I don't think it's just because we're, like, Kevin and I are both queer. I yeah. think it's because Kevin is a fun character that you could make use of more Riverdale. And it's not just Casey Cott's, like, glowing warm smile. Though, he is pretty beautiful. He's He's adorable. Is he gay in real life? I don't think so, no. No. That's a different discussion. Great. I mean, that's good for me. <laughs> Less good for Ryan. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, I want to see some um, resolution of the sides of Kevin we've seen. Mm-hmm. I want to see more that draws together the Kevin who hooks up in the woods with Anonymous Boys, with the Kevin who plays Dungeons and Dragons, and has nerdy sleepovers. Yeah. Um, I want to see more, like... like that's a whole person like those are those are two sides of me yeah so i empathize with both sides and i want to see the light coming together of all of that of like a complete real human being yeah and if he does it with josie on a nancy drew adventure of family drama then all the better yes or maybe he and Tony, who we actually know is queer. Mm-hmm. And who met each other. And who met who each other. Who walked each other out of that one scene, didn't they? Yeah. Who, like, actually have an opportunity to interact about their shared marginalized experience. I might straight up go write that fanfic if you don't, Riverdale writers. Yeah. I know you're listening, Riverdale writers. Yeah, exactly. I, I also, Riverdale, not, we but... all know that you're just glorified fanfic. So, you're fanfic with a budget. Here's my theory on, on fanfic in, in, like, canon media. Okay. Mm- Star Wars has been fanfic since the second film. Since Empire, Star Wars has been in fanfic territory. What? Yeah. No. Fully. George Lucas didn't write Vader as Luke's father in the original thing. George um, Lucas did not write for Luke and Leia to be siblings. I sort of ignore George Lucas personally. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas did not direct No. The uh, did not direct Empire or Return of the Jedi. We're already moving into space where other creative voices are dominating from a single unified visionary. I I will make the argument that certainly from the time novels were being written, uh, and certainly with all the new films, but even as far back as Empire, that there was a fan fiction component to Star Wars. Um, I fully believe Peter Jackson's films are fan fiction. Of Lord of the Rings, that would mm-hmm. that is the only moral explanation for them. Mm-hmm. I love the Lord of the Rings movies, but I think they're offensive adaptations <laughs> of the books. And I do yeah. love, I do love those movies so, so, so much with a deep and fiery passion. As standalone, separate things. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then let's not even touch on the Hobbit. But those movies didn't happen. Um, da- Dante's Inferno is fan fiction. Yeah. Of the Bible. Yeah. It's all fan fiction out there. Um, and Archie comics have been fan fiction since at least the 60s. Um, I would argue that the the way that in serial comic produ- production especially uh, progresses, that whether it's official or not, we've been in fan fictions for generations now. Hmm. In Archie comics, in Batman, in X-Men, all of it. Um I see the only distinction I see is money and backing by corporations. And as young, aggressively anti-capitalist socialist activists, speaking for myself at least, <laughs> um, I increasingly question the validity of the creator stamp of approval in hmm. what is content, what is canon, what is fanon. 
interesting. I'm going to have to noodle on all of that. I really like those ideas, but I have to think about them for a bit. Good. Because to me, the canon is always sacred, except I don't actually feel that way. But there's that re- that mm. feeling comes from somewhere. I share it and have felt it. Well, hmm. Yeah. Okay, this is too big a topic for us to get into right now, even though I dearly want to, Riverdale gang. Mm-hmm. I think those are my feels. Come back with us next week and watch more fan fiction with us, Riverdale yeah. gang. Yeah. And uh, we will continue to spin these uh, debates and discussions as they noodle along in our own minds. Yeah. So the premiere is a week today, yeah. being Wednesday, and it and a week tomorrow, we'll be being back Thursday thoughts on and Netflix. Yeah. And we'll be back. We'll be back. We love this show. Happy 2018, gang. Yeah. Continue this race into an unknown cyberpunk dystopia. I'm talking Riverdale, of course, not reality. What? <laughs> He's talking about reality. Bye, yeah. gang. Bye, gang.